you could probably say what we could talk start by saying our favorite Ninja Turtle. I know you know that. You have a favorite. Could. I know you do. Leo. That's mine too. Leonardo. He's the best. He is the best. He's blue. He's that was why he's the second too. best. Blue. Yeah. Yeah. He's second the, best was Michelangelo. I agree. One hundred percent. agree. Yeah. But I like his personality. Yeah, that's why too. Yeah, Leo's then, too a little too strict, but yeah. Then Donatello. Donatello, then, Raphael. Yeah. I don't like Raphael Raph as much. Too, I don't like him. He's, he's got a big ego. Yeah. Yes. Too. Yeah. I agree. Ah, man, we just nailed that. Yeah. Nailed that together. <laughs> that's like our order. I know. We never talked about that before. No, I think I already knew that. I really? Think, yeah, I think I knew. We knew oh. that we both like Leonardo. Yeah, definitely Leo, but we didn't go to no, the order. No, not the whole. We order. didn't go down the order like <laughs> no. that. No. We never did. That doesn't surprise me, though. Oh. No, it doesn't surprise me either. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yes. Welcome to Macro Hack Radio. Here, we have one mission. Set people up for success, no matter what their fitness goals are. We believe in tracking macros and how it can positively influence training, nutrition, and food awareness for individuals who want to live a fitness-minded lifestyle. All right, guys, we are back for another episode of MacroHack Radio, and we are at episode 10. And today we're going to talk about what happens when the diet is over. And we could probably sum it up really quick and make this the shortest podcast that we have is <laughs> that typically the diet goes to crap after uh, when it's over. No one ever thinks um, about Everything that. just crumbles, it seems like. Um, that's the common thing. That's why 98% of the people who diet gain all the way back within two years. Because they don't distill habits. Yeah. What do you think, Leanne? I think that that is very true. And I'm not sure. I think it probably is embedded in our culture, honestly. Because, like, nobody ever in the fitness world prior to maybe, like, flexible dieting, no one ever talked about, like, what do you do after you're done dieting? There's, like, millions of diets out there and no you know, uh, laid out plan for what happens after. Exactly. They don't think of the after part. They think of, I have this goal or I have this, um, vacation coming up. I want to lose 20 pounds. And then they just forget about what they just did the last few months or several weeks or however long they did it. Yes. They forgot everything that they worked so hard for and just to let it crumble so quickly and undo it it's undo that extreme it mindset undo it all yeah i think and i was just saying i think americans might be some of the worst at it because we're very tend to be very extreme and um why is that you know <sighs> why is that let's let's talk let's veer off a little why is that land western culture i think we're very um goal oriented like success driven where we look for these big events and a big and big accomplishments everything is really overblown you know all kids it's like did you win did you score a goal did you get a trophy we're not as and i'm not saying i'm one of those people that thinks like oh everyone should get a trophy but we really avoid talking about or glorifying the process and we really are very like end result driven that's all anybody asks oh how much did you lose oh did you win did you score a goal did you and it really is kind of like in my opinion i've come to especially as a coach like not like it i get really kind of irritated when people ask how did your client do how did you know how did you do how did and it's like that really just um takes away like a lot of what the glory of the whole thing should be and that is the process and the daily habits you set and 
how consistent you are and how present you are in all those actions that like created the outcome. Exactly. And now by doing that and enjoying the process and actually being present with the process and instilling those habitual things is rewarding Mm -hmm. along the way because that's what gets you through it. Yes. Essentially. Um, But those who really rely on the end result... Yeah. Who focus, which you focus on the end result. Of that, course, Of course, you yeah. do it for that. Like, you want that. But you don't really think about all of the in-between that much. No. Um, so when they get to the end result, if they get what they want, or maybe they don't get what they want, um, they think that, hey, this is all over. Yeah. You know, that's it. Just, it's so final. It when, is. like, nothing in life is that final. Yeah. You can always, you know navigate whatever that end result is but we just our brain just stops at the end result instead of thinking past it exactly so like competitors for example they're really big on this and it's yes a common common thing that we hear from clients even ourselves mm-hmm. too like it's tough it, it is tough once you hit the show and your season is done or whatever um it is that you did usually we're like the goal is gone what do i do now mm-hmm. and a lot of people do fall apart because they the, now they, they talk about, you know, when we walk off stage, we have a plan for like the reverse or um, next series of, you know, next season mm-hmm. when that starts, what that looks like. Um, they're like all pumped. But then when they get in the reality of the real world, mm-hmm. they tend to fall apart because now the, gar- the goal so far, they're in the zone for this short term goal that was yep. happening soon. So then things fall apart that they, you know, start, you know, telling themselves that, oh, I have a lot of time. I can just you know, go off the rails a little bit or maybe yeah. not work as hard in the gym or, yep. um, you know, put things off. It's a lot easier to say no. Yes. But it's like, you just did this for however many weeks or months. Yeah. Why would you just all give of a sudden give it all up? But yeah, I think our brains are just so goal oriented that it's like, I think all, everybody who attains a really elite level of a physique or does really well in bodybuilding, they never see like a strong end goal. It's like they're always just on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Yeah. You know? So this is what keeps them dialed in with like, I guess that kind of goal, you're getting on stage in front of a lot of people. So it is a lot of pressure on yourself to make sure that you live up to what you want and True. also make it, you know, look like you're not looking like a fool on stage True. Um, in what you see. I would say though, like that's in my opinion, some of like the worst motivation it is in various. some way yes, to use, you know because it's like you're basing all your yes expectation on like yes. others and, and you can look result. you can look awesome on the beach yes walking around and someone you could lose 70 pounds and yeah. uh for that i mean we've gone through that with clients before um recently i won't get into one recently with <laughs> with me um but you could lose a ton of weight it have and completely change change your whole physique mm-hmm. and have a transformation and then that day can totally ruin everything. Yes. And then that can set people up for a horrible post show. Yes. Not reversing well. Yes. Not, you know, like that letdown of the show. It's like, well then forget it. I guess I don't have any exactly. potential, you know, it can really be a letdown. Exactly. So yeah, we could, we could do like a whole series on <laughs> uh, contest prep. But that's one thing, like people shoot for a concrete goal, but even like looking a certain way when you're going to go on vacation, that's probably any approach that you do in extremes is not good. It's not going to be sustainable. No. And uh-huh. the, yeah, with gen pop people, it usually is a very similar concept where they're picking some big event, a vacation, a wedding, a party, a reunion. So once this big event is over, they don't think their brain doesn't even go past to 
wow, what does it look like when I am a week back from this vacation and I've gained it 10 all back the pounds or more. back? Yeah, you know? Yeah, There's no it's... plan in place and our brain isn't even going there. So you can't be successful with something that your brain hasn't even envisioned, you know? So do you think a lot of this comes down to, not all of it, but a good part of a relation, having a good relationship with food? Totally. Or um, uh, practicing good habits that are sustainable, um, just with not just only the diet, but just keeping yourself in a routine, you know, loving what you're doing, not feeling like it's so destructive, like, oh, I got to go on this diet. Yes. I'm just going to eat chicken and broccoli. That's all I need to eat. That's the only way I can lose weight mm-hmm. is by going extreme. If you're creating those, the things that make you hate it, yeah, then obviously you're not going to love it after. No. <laughs> you're you're going to like, you're going to go off the rails. Not that's even a be able to picture, tall yeah. tale sign that you're fucked afterwards yeah, right. pardon my french but you are just screwed afterwards because so you're, you're not in a good place coming into it because already we've talked about this before in videos and how people perceive diets as bad mm-hmm. well, let's talk about that a little it's bit it's got to be painful suffering Very painful. yes yeah and if it's not painful and suffering then you're not doing a good job that is the hardest to like do explain with two clients and to help clients that feel like it needs to be really painful like that yes because you're just like if this is what you've done every other time and you haven't gotten the result you want why does your brain go back to thinking you need to do all these painful things that you have not been successful with <laughs> like, yeah it's tough that is tough that's to very very tough um but that is like the culture of dieting i think and just the fitness industry putting out there that it has to be these really yes. extreme things yes it's uh <sighs> so tough it's man we could go on a rant about many of those extremes yes. um we will i'm sure we will <laughs> we will we could we could um but yeah going in extreme is is a common thing that um people tend to, to, to do and feeling like you know the the faster and more extreme i do it the better it'll feel and that if they lose the weight they think that's just part of the success of it which you are losing weight but you're not thinking past and that's what's more most important is what happens after totally you diet or um we always tell people too that if you a year from now if you think you can still do the same diet approach a year from now then you're pretty good go ahead with it go yeah. ahead with it yeah but if you can't see it past, you know, let's say two months, yes, then what's even the if, point, if you're like honestly? a week into it and you're like, oh, this sucks, like that's yeah. so stupid. What What's really the point? You're almost like, like we've said before, There's... you're better off not dieting. And most people yes. who just don't do a diet wind up leaner in the end than those that yes. have done so many diets because yes. it puts you in an optimal spot to just keep gaining back body fat, you know, and continuing to worsen your physique essentially you're losing muscle when you do those rough diets you're gaining back fat more easily and that really is like the skinny fat cycle <laughs> plus your mind is just getting that too rude oh during man the process. that's so true it that's the biggest part uh, of all of it is the mindset of having a good um like relationship like i said but also just changing your whole perspective on it Mm-hmm. Um, because if you can't make it a true lifestyle, and it's so cliche, but it's true. If you can't make it a lifestyle, then why do it? It's so true. That's, that, yeah, because then you're not really uh, willing to make the change. Yeah. Because you got, let's say if you're overweight, you are you got overweight for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's not because if you're blaming other things around you, it, no. oh, the temptation, or these people made me eat, or hey, I 
you know, the fast food places just give us too much food or they, they right. serve us too much food yeah. on our plates. No like you're ownership. still eating it. Like, let's yeah. be real. You you're the one choice. that's, you have a choice. It's so, different. and you can't blame others with this. People don't take responsibility for their own no. actions. <laughs> that's another topic right there. They don't <laughs> take responsibility. True. So, um, would you say that's a, a common thing as well? I think that's totally the common thing of just wanting and i think it's in not it's blaming others and also like not accepting ownership over the own your own like choices you're making daily like you have to own whatever it is that you're doing daily and be able to do it daily and that like also goes with what tyler said of um just putting habits in place that you can sustain because if you can't sustain the habits you're also not going to sustain the result at all either so you really have to own just the whole thing if you mess up own it you know own the habits you're setting like create proper habits and that's what will see you into the post dieting successful as well Mm -hmm. exactly okay so let's talk a little bit about reverse dieting what does that look like leanne what is that so the reverse diet can look many different ways and i think really what the research shows is like there might be some you know there might be a more optimal way but the best way for you is what you can do most successfully so depending on whether like you were in a contest prep and you got very very lean or whether you just lost 10 pounds like the reverse diet which is essentially adding back in calories um, and reducing activity to a place where you can maintain a weight So you have to realize that just because you could lose 20 pounds, um, it doesn't mean that you can maintain that weight past then, if that makes sense. You always, I don't know if you want to elaborate further on that, but like with, uh, yeah, just more of like a maintenance. Yeah, you definitely, so this is um, after the dieting part, you have to kind of look at if you're going to start a diet for one, you have to know how you can get out of this to where you can maintain it because you're going to eat more food essentially anyway you have to you have to to um, achieve maintenance now assuming you're adhering and sticking with the diet the entire time yeah that's the other uh, key part of it that if you're missing that one thing then the reverse is really like it doesn't even it doesn't really exist it's not even applicable so assuming you're adhering and and nailing the diet and you're you lost your weight you reached your goal now what do you do after so increasing calories slowly i mean there's different approaches you can do to it mm-hmm. and some people might think well i just want to stop dieting all together i have good my mentality is good i just need to stop tracking mm-hmm. and they tend to really stick to those habits and maybe only gain a few pounds and they can intuitively um, eat and just naturally do it by themselves i'd and say that's like far less common though huh far far less common yeah very, very less common uncommon um we're actually the next episode we're going to talk about intuitive eating yes. so we're going to get deep into that and you don't want to miss that because yes. that's a really really big one deep topic deep topic so um some people can handle that i would say less than five percent can really just drop totally um on on a dime and stop dieting eating and or not eating dieting <laughs> to where they can naturally going intuitive eating um, and successfully but that's really hard to do so um, what you could do is just uh, gradually slowly increase calories so if you're counting and tracking you know there's not a certain amount we're going to tell you because it it varies from person to person Mm -hmm. but you can make bigger jumps initially just to get your body back to maintenance and feeling better so that way you don't feel so deprived Mm -hmm. Um, but if you can do everything controllably you know we we always tell people you know anywhere from 
depending on how long you dieted before, maybe one to two months, mm-hmm. you know, at least a good month of just solidly still reversing pretty solid. And then eventually transition to like looser eating, mm-hmm. looser tracking, where you start practicing like um, management of just eating structured meals yeah. and not really tracking. You get out of that uh, slowly. Yeah. Because, being more present in just yeah. what you're doing and keeping the same habits as you had while you were tracking translating it into like normal life yeah and not feeling like um usually when the thing that i run into myself personally when i reverse is i will track diligently all day long but when i get home at night after work or something that's a tough spot you're like eating and you're relaxed now you're not doing the diet you don't care about like getting leaner or losing weight it's hard to uh, not want to eat more than what you're allotted yeah and so some people get tend to get in trouble because they're you know, just they can't stop eating because now they're strategically increasing food. Right. Now it's hard to not stop increasing food. Yeah, the <laughs> self-control. Usually once people have reached that end goal or whatever, <clears throat> their motivation and their... We only have so much motivation and self-control for things. And so it's a very common thing for people to kind of like loosen that and lose it a little bit. Like as humans, we just aren't like an endless well of motivation and self-control. So once that big goal is gone, like we were saying in the beginning, usually a lot of that mindset slips with it. So that's where, you know, it, but it's hard to explain and, um, just emphasize like it, you can make dramatic change to your physique if you stay motivated to your post dieting phase, whether it be reverse dieting or just more intuitively increasing calories. Like that is where you change your physique truly and keep your body composition better because if you keep doing the same cycle of diet and even if you reach your goal of flexible dieting in a very healthy way and you know you've built some great habits if you go right back to just overboard extreme eating you're essentially doing like a crash diet again your metabolic rate is tanked because you've been reversing and really that comes down to the whole like metabolic damage thing isn't a real thing (laughs) it's just you have less body size so your metabolic rate is much slower um you're leaner so your body is in a more optimal spot to put on body fat so if you start just going overboard and not adhering to whatever your post diet plan is you're gonna just be doing the crash dieting like cycle over and over and you're not gonna have the reward of your physique changing like you're wanting it to so this phase cannot be like the importance of it can't be emphasized enough though there's different ways to do it like tyler said like jumping calories up rapidly because you know you're that person that your self-control is going to be gone like once you reach that big goal so then even if you jump your calories up quite a bit but you focus on adhering and just eating more food you're gonna look better in the long run than if you just like overboard with fats carbs you know eating all these outrageous meals and junk food like even a much higher calorie range is going to yield a better result and adhering is going to yield a better result than just chaotic overboard eating like you know post dieting you're gonna not be pleased with the result well and then what's tough is too when people tend to overeat anyway and they go in that overeating cycle the loop you're already strategically reversing essentially so you're basically going to maintenance or a little bit more Mm -hmm. um, where you're filling your glycogen levels back up to where you're already filling them up intentionally but now if you're overboard overeating 
consistently now you're well uh, more prone to put on body fat yeah quicker. we should explain that so maintenance like what does that really mean for someone like i don't think people understand that so like if you're in a deficit now this isn't linear or no. exact because everyone's different and it's some people to, think like, paint a picture of it some people are like well if you eat 500 calories less you know than what you burn um then you'll naturally lose a pound a week it's, it's not, not like, perfect. like it's not yeah. perfect so it, maintenance is basically where how much output you're, um, you know, how much energy or, or calories you're burning in a day. You're like TDE. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's say I burn in a day. That's including my BMR. How much I just burn throughout the day is 2,500 calories. Then maintenance would be eating around 2,500 calories, essentially. So then you just maintain your weight. That's maintenance. Like if I was at a deficit of like 1,800 or 2,000, now that's really low for me. But um, then I would, you know, eat. You know, then I would get up to like you know maybe twenty three hundred calories and maybe twenty five. You know, a couple day or a couple weeks later, mm-hmm. and then gradually see where your your weight uh, floats and how you feel. Yeah. And then you can sometimes even itch up a little more slowly, um, yes. and you might not have any increase in the scale and stuff like that. I think this is like a really difficult concept for people to understand though, because it's something nobody even can picture and they haven't seen. So like I know especially for women, I think there's like this weird mythical land where you diet and you lose all this weight and even though you're eating 1200 calories you think that you are magically going to maintain that look and that weight forever and ever once you've reached there (laughs) and it's like that's not a real thing what maintenance means is you can my maintenance calories at say 135 pounds might be 4,000 calories a day or something. And the next woman next to you or the person next to you might be way less than that. Way less than that. And or there's a maintenance at every weight. You know, like your body yeah. can hold size. Like at different weights, your maintenance calories are different. If you're only going to be happy at 100 pounds, and that means that your calories have to be at 1,000 calories because that's your maintenance at 100 pounds, you're going to lead a very unhappy life if you stay tied to 100 pounds. Yes. Because... You're going to have to literally continue this cycle of dieting, eating these extremely low calories, and you're never going to change the way your physique looks because you're so tied to this number and where you need to maintain this weight. Whereas if you're looking at pictures and other th- you know, means of measuring your progress, you might be able to weigh 105, 110 and look amazing and be eating 2000 calories and your quality of life is a trillion times better yeah and then you just keep repeating the process and your physique is getting better and better and you're eating more and your shape is better and you're not like plus you're probably when you're dieting and you get down to less this the example that you're using 100 pounds and that was where you're at in your yeah, goal. now that's yeah. that's a low weight right but um uh you probably felt like hell yeah and you like probably were tired now when you're eating food and you're gaining a little bit of weight mm-hmm. to reverse properly now your energy levels are probably different where you're probably moving more because so you can function. Yes. And so your your uh, your TDE goes up naturally just by moving around more. Yes. And that's an interesting thing too where like somebody might be able to, I think I'm like that, you would probably say since I looks at all my stuff, like I might have a really wide range of calories where I can maintain roughly the same mm-hmm. weight, like a huge range because just my genetics and... Um, genetics activity level things like that probably go up so much naturally when i'm eating that huge range that it's like i'm able to stay like well eat a ton and stay like within the same weight range and really not like go up or down 
Because I noticed like uh, when I started coaching full time, I was coming from working in the hospitals, moving all the time. Like yeah. I wish I knew how much I was moving then, um, where my intake was insanely high. And then mm-hmm. as soon as I went sedentary at, behind a desk for you know years, my intake def- definitely changed like a lot. So like did my can't. physique change too. It's pretty wild. Um, but now that I'm actually tracking my steps just to see what it was, and it's considerably different um, across the board from day to day where some days I'm intentionally walking a lot more and mm-hmm. getting more, not four steps, but just what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then other days I'm like way lower and you can tell the difference, although I'm maintaining, right. you know, around that time before I started dieting, um, again, I was maintaining where some days was much higher in food, not because of my activity, but just naturally I was eating more. Yeah. And then other days I was eating less and cause I was maybe busier, but essentially it kind of evened out Yeah. at the end of the sense. week. And you're kind of just maintaining yeah. the weight. Exactly. I think it is. And another key thing to say with that, and I think people don't realize and or, I don't know, it's just not a fact people think. Because I can't count the number of people that will say, I think anybody who's fit, quote unquote, will say this. People will think, oh, you can just do that because you exercise (laughs) so much. You're just in the gym. I can't do that. I don't want to spend hours in the gym. Yeah. And I'm like, but I don't spend hours in the gym and neither does the next fit person. That's a huge misconception. The majority of your caloric output during the day is your resting metabolic rate and your non-exercise activity. It is not your exercise, meaning cardio, intentional lifting or classes or things like that. That is the very smallest pillar of like calories burned during the day. So don't latch your brain onto that. If you're thinking, I just can't do this because I don't have time for it. Yeah. That's not a real thing. To give you an example of, I'll give an example of my dad. I don't think he listens to this, but I'm going to pick up my dad a little bit. He is an example of years ago, he gained a bunch of weight and, uh, he asked me for diet help and advice and helped him a little bit with it. I'm like, just change your habits. That's really all it was. He didn't really change his habits much. Much. So what he did was he intentionally got up early and he would walk like several miles in the morning um, just to get him going because he was more sedentary because he was retired. And so um, he eventually made that a habit where once he just by, like I saw him one year, he, he gained weight and then he didn't really tell me he did that as much until the next time I saw him, he looked drastically different. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I just, I move more. And cool. he doesn't work out. He just yeah. moves more. And just so he's doing, yeah. And so he's retired. So he's like, I just got to move more. He like works at a grocery store like a few days a week and like three to four hours at a time. And yeah. he's pitting around outside and like he just moves more. Intentionally being Intentionally active. being active. It's, I think there's like a good disclaimer with that though, where this is my pet peeve. So I'm just going to say it. You can <laughs> still create something unsustainable for yourself trying to achieve like all this activity through steps daily. I think that is a culture with all of like the watches and tracking yeah. things where realize you can still create something very unhealthy and Don't unsustainable get crazy with through it. like, yeah, looking at every single step yeah. you're taking and yeah, you know, like that's unsustainable too. So absolutely. Yeah. Don't get, I, I started doing it just, uh, I just was curious of my daily lifestyle of yeah. what then I took that data and looked at it as like, okay, these are the changes I need to make habitually. Yeah. And some people like, like Tyler saying this, like he can do that and stay sane with it. It's not like a hard and fast rule, but there are certain personalities definitely that I've worked with where like that would be a bad thing yeah. for certain brains to yes. latch onto. So you have to be vigilant of knowing, are you that person where the more rules you create surrounding this lifestyle, yes. the more 
like insane and unsustainable it's going to get for you. Like if you're that person, then don't maybe give yourself some leeway. Like I'll shoot for this, but have like a lower and upper range of like what you, you know, will do daily um, or something like that. Exactly. That's just my disclaimer. That's, that's definitely a, a good point. Um, now we'll talk about this next episode, but let's dive into just a little bit. Um, ultimately the goal with any approach that we, um, I guess with any approach and kind of what we're talking about, we feel like the ultimate goal is to be able to get to intuitive eating. Yes, it really is. And so, I mean, the freedom of food and what that looks like of, and we say freedom of food of not always constantly thinking about food where it's literally on your mind all Mm -hmm. the time. That's not good. No, it's not good. (laughs) And so you want to get to the point where you don't have to track everything. Mm -hmm. Like we, we preach and talk about tracking things. Okay. Um, but do it to, to understand your body and how things work and understand nutrition. That's really what it's all about. It's like studying for a test or, Mm -hmm. or like if you take a semester of a class for college, you have to do all this study and read all this stuff. You'll never read all that stuff again no. after, but you'll know the information because you're learning things. So, or Absolutely. like learning for your job That's very or something. True. Like you have to learn and still you're gonna do it all the time because you want to be good at it. So true. And then you're gonna be naturally good at it because you, you just you worked hard to figure it out and understand it. It's just ingrained now. Yes. It is. It's like tracking should be almost the practical part of the exactly. exam where you're doing it to learn and understand how it looks. And then you carry that knowledge with you because you already know through dieting and reverse dieting, I have the confidence of knowing how my body's going to respond. And now I let it go, you know? Exactly. So by looking at like food, when you're tracking diligently, a lot of people tell us that I didn't, wow, I didn't know there was that much carbs in a banana. Totally. Or I didn't know there was that much carbs in pasta. And I had no idea. So you see those things that... You do look at food differently. Yes, you can never unsee it. No. Once you've seen it. <laughs> um, but you'll know naturally, like if you go eat out, you could order differently because you know, okay, that has a lot of fat in it. I can't do that because I want to, you know, still eat intuitively. Or, yeah. Or if you do it, it's like, so I make this choice. I am gonna have pizza now, but maybe later in the day, I just choose something that I know intuitively has yes. lower fats. Yes. Um, exactly. <laughs> something exactly. like that. Exactly. So we'll dive into more intuitive eating what that looks like and uh leanne is like the the shit with that stuff but it's it's important to say you have to in my opinion you have to reverse diet successfully to even get there yes so So there's a lot of people out there that are really trying to sell you and it drives me nuts when i see and hear this is people will sell intuitive eating as if it's like another dieting approach or program And that drives us nuts because it's not real where you can't just be intuitive without knowing the steps on how to getting there. Yes. How to get there. Yes. And so we're going to go over that um, next episode. It's going to be awesome. Yes. So we appreciate you guys listening. If you guys want, um, please subscribe. And if you don't mind giving us a review, we would love it. Um, Or even suggestions if you want to comment or send us a message at our Instagram at The Flexible Dieting. Yes. We would love to hear from you. Um, again, even like with Leanne, boom goes the dynamite 20 and me, I'm, uh, you fit my macros. So I with underscores every in between each, uh, word. Yes. You underscore. Yes. You underscore, (laughs) you underscore fit underscore my underscore macros. Anyway. So thanks for listening guys until next time. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. 
Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us today on Macro Hack Radio. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review and hit that subscribe button so that way you can be updated whenever we publish a new episode. We hope to see you next time here on Macro Hack Radio. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram on at the Flexible Dieting, at NAMS Cert, and at TMT Nutrition to see what we are up to on the daily. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much. Bye.